Welcome to the Merge Feast, the podcast where we satisfy your cravings for all things Survivor. We're your hosts, Sam and Mags, and this is a recap for Season 45, Episode 8. One of the better episodes of the season, if I do say so myself. What did you think of the episode? Um, loved it. Oh, absolutely. You had me me worried there for a second. (laughs) You made a face like maybe you weren't going to love it. And (laughs) I was going to be embarrassed with how I opened. (laughs) No, I definitely loved this episode. A lot of um, Survivor hits. Let's do it. Let's get into this thing. All All right. Let's get into it. Previously on Survivor. That was okay. It's not one of my best. We talk about Bruce's idol that he's got in his pocket. It kind of recaps that. Once again, foreshadowing like it may come into play here. And they recap what happened last episode with the two people going home. Um, Showing, of course, Sifu that, uh, to be honest, I forgot about Sifu going home. But then after that, we get the tribal council where Caleb goes home. Really, the most important thing that happened. Yeah, the thing I've been thinking about all week. Yeah, the star of the season <laughs> went home. But at least he, he made it to the jury. He becomes the first member of the jury, and that all gets recapped before the episode begins here. My mom, who doesn't watch Survivor, has never watched Survivor, and just listens to our podcast, texts me right after our episode aired, all caps, Caleb goes home. No! Even people who don't know Caleb love him. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we get to the after the vote. We're back at the at the beach that night on the Merge Beach. And uh, it's the first group. They get home after vi- voting out Sifu. Emily and Drew are psyched to have solidified a little bit of trust. They work together. And uh, they're happy that they have an, kind of a new alliance that's been born. And the rest of them, are, they're just kind of sitting there waiting to find out who gets voted out from that second group. Yeah. The second group gets back and they find out that Caleb has gone home and they tell him the voting splits. Jake and Caleb voted for Julie and everybody else voted for Caleb. I wanted a reaction shot from Emily here, but we didn't get one. Yeah. Her best friend in the game just went home. Yeah. Kind of tragic for her. Right. But yeah, we don't get that at all. Instead, we get Bruce getting mad at Jake for not conforming. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you vote out of line? <laughs> You've ruined all of my plans. Bruce wasn't even there, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and we get a talking head from Jake as well, kind of defending his actions after getting, you know, like, what's the word when like reprimanded? Yeah. Getting reprimanded from Bruce. And he does kind of realize it was a little ridiculous of me to ask Katura to go to rocks. And I agree with that. I think it's really hard to convince anybody in this game to go to rocks where they have to, their fate in the game depends on a rock draw. I would never want to come all that way on Survivor just to let my fate be decided by that. And so I always think it's a crazy argument and a really hard thing for people to try and persuade. Yeah. Katura apparently was n- not going to go for it from the from the beginning. And Jake supposedly knew that, but still voted for Julie anyway. So it was kind of confusing. It seemed to me that Jake was just voting for Julie just because he w- was sick of just following the norm and 
you know, following the herd, he wanted to stand out a little bit. I get the feeling he didn't actually know that and he's just trying to save face. Yeah, it's possible too. Because, yeah, if he did know it and he still voted for Julie, it's kind of a weird move. Yeah. He does say that he would like to stop sucking at Survivor. He's been <laughs> sucking so far. Like to stop sucking. And I think that's a great first step. Yeah. <laughs> Julie is considered that bridge burned, though. She could never work with Jake again. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and during their conversation... Jake says to her, like, I lied to you all day yesterday. Did you believe it? (laughs) You know, and she's like, I did believe it. And I'm just like, oh, Jake, you're just digging a grave here. Don't say I lied to you all day yesterday. Like, wasn't I good? Did you believe me? I would just say, like, it was so last minute. Caleb got in my ear. He started whispering sweet nothings to me. And before I knew it, bam, I was writing your name down on the parchment. Nobody this season is handling these things well. No, they're not. (laughs) You are exactly right. That's exactly how he should have handled it. Just apologize and say, sorry, I I got scared. I didn't, I wanted to work with you all day. And yeah, it was last minute. Yeah, there we go. Caleb, right? He's, he's gone. He can't say that anything. You're the only person who knows what happened between you and Caleb who's left on the beach. Blame it on a dead man. It's morning time on the Dakuwaka Beach. The boys are out sitting on the beach watching the sunrise, and all the girls are in the shelter. It is now a 6-4 split. Six women, four men. And the women are in the shelter talking about, let's do a women's alliance. Yes, queen! (laughs) (laughs) That was my reaction at the time that I just redid for you now. Oh, I see. (laughs) The best part of this is when Kendra is talking about, you know, getting those boys out and then says something along the lines of those. They're all probably sitting on the beach, just shaking in their boots, thinking, oh, no, they're going to vote us out. And then it cuts to the men, to their conversation. <laughs> and Bruce is saying to uh, uh, to Jake, tell me about those tacos. Yeah. <laughs> This reminds me of like the viral TikToks going around and it's like me thinking my boyfriend's cheating on me and then it will show like a clip of their boyfriend doing some way dumb thing, you know, like trying to like sniff a pasta noodle up his nose, something crazy like that. That's like basically alluding to you don't got to worry. That's the vibes this was giving me. Yeah. When the boys get together, the girls, they're on the back burner. They're an afterthought. (laughs) They've got some crazy harebrained schemes that they want to talk about. Or it could be much simpler. They could just talk about tacos. (laughs) But it seems like at this point, everybody wants to get Bruce out. All the women want to get Bruce out. Kelly especially. Kendra also have joined Katura in just being so sick of Bruce. Right. As soon as they all confirmed they wanted Bruce out, That was written in stone for me that he was going to win immunity. That's how it goes in Survivor. That's how it goes. It really does. It Mm -hmm. happens so often. Right. And I wonder how much of it is just editing, but we seem to always see them making plans to vote someone out before uh, an immunity challenge. Right. And that person wins immunity. That's what I'm saying. If you look into the editing of things, 
they I feel like they would not show you all of them agreeing to get Bruce out just for them to do an immunity challenge and then for somebody else to win and then for them to not get Bruce in the end anyways. That's a waste of screen time for them. Screen time is so precious for them. They're not showing you anything unless it's going to come into play later. After I watched this montage, it kind of made me think that Bruce is a lot like Andy from The Office when explain Andy and and because I love Andy and not so much Bruce so far (laughs) well Andy has his moments and so does Bruce okay but when Andy and Aaron are dating but they haven't told anybody in the office yet there's the episode where they go to Dave and Buster's Uh and Andy's saying he doesn't want to tell anybody in the office that they're dating because he just doesn't like the drama (laughs) (laughs) he hates the drama and that's what Bruce is in this whole season. Uh-huh. You know, at the very beginning, he's like, I, I just want to be Uncle Bruce, you know, just laid back. <laughs> don't want to tell anybody what to do. And then as soon as something happens, he's right in it. He yes. just loves the drama. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> but Kelly, Kelly's at this point, she's sick of the drama. She's Seriously. tired of the drama. <laughs> Again at the Dakuwaka Beach. <laughs> A boat rolls up with a large table, sending confusion through the camp. Man, this was amazing. I loved it. They have these guys coming on a sailboat. It was like a it was like a little motorboat. Oh yeah. Potato yeah. potato in my mind. Yeah, okay. They float on a piece of wood of some <laughs> sort. <laughs> a shaped piece of wood. These people get off and they set up this like mysterious looking two-tiered table Mm -hmm. and they have no explanation. They set this whole thing up and everybody's just like, what's happening? I've never seen a table like this on Survivor before. There are like baskets on (laughs) it with each of their names on the baskets. And yeah, they like lay out like, yeah, they put a name tag on each of the baskets and all the castaways are just like, what's happening? What's happening? I feel like they're almost trying to ask the people who are setting it up. And those people were under like strict orders like, don't say a word. Yeah, they were just random crew members. Yeah. I thought one of them was Sifu, though. <laughs> he was wearing like a red, the red shirt, uh-huh. and it made me. And it was kind of hard to see because he was wearing like a big straw hat uh-huh. that I swear Sifu would wear. He's like, listen, and it was kind of covering his. It, I know it was kind of covering his face a little bit, and I thought, is that Sifu? It, it wasn't just a random crew guy. <laughs> they set it all up though, and then right when it's like completely set up that's whenever they give kendra astrology girl the what do you call that like, like an envelope, letter, yeah. an envelope with, with some with the details message on it yeah she reads it before she reads it though she silently. reads it what'd you say <laughs> she reads it silently she reads it herself. silently yeah and then like makes a face and let me just tell you like i didn't realize it but that's one of my biggest pet peeves <laughs> this is so annoying like okay read it out loud and even if you like glanced it and saw it, don't make a whole big fuss about it and hold it over our heads since we don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. She ate it up. She She's did. the type of person, if you play Clue with her and she'd like to solve, she looks at that envelope with the, the murder and the murder weapon in the room that it happens in and she just like makes kind of a general reaction. You don't know if it's good or bad and she just puts it down and doesn't tell anybody. <laughs> And you have to open up the envelope yourself. I exactly. Would, I would hate playing Clue with Kendra. <laughs> she announces to the beach, the Survivor auction is back. And here we get my second. Yas, queen! <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope the mic is picking up those snaps. <laughs> yes, it is back, but with a twist. A never before seen twist on Survivor. The Survivor auction is back, but they have to earn their money. There are 40 small bamboo canisters mm-hmm. with cash inside, US dollars inside of these canisters, and they are hidden, scattered across their beach. When this happened, nobody knows. Must have been happening while the table was getting set up. Yes, that's so true. I didn't they think were on about the beach that. The whole time. Or, or in the night or something like yeah. that. There are 40 of them spread out. It's a survivor Easter egg hunt. Oh. That's what I was thinking too. Mm -hmm. You read my mind. It's just like that. They say go and they have to sprint out. They can only get one at a time. Get these containers, bring them back to their basket on the table, drop it off and then go out and try and get another one. Right. What are the rules on stealing other people's? I I would guess that's frowned upon. But is it forbidden? What are you talking about? Like out of their baskets? Yeah. So like everybody's oh. gone hunting in the forest for, excuse me, jungle. <laughs> <laughs> in the forest. They're foraging in the forest. The tropical forest. <laughs> but they're out there looking and you're alone at the table with the baskets. Is it illegal to take one of somebody else's and put it into your basket? Um, I would guess yes. All right. I would guess that the the basket is a safe zone. Also, your hands are probably safe zone. So you can't be going out and snatching them out of other people's hands. <laughs> Things like that. Okay. All right. They start. Everybody is sprinting out, except for Bruce. He oh. decides to have a seat, put his shoes on, take his time. Gotta... He's like acting too cool. <laughs> it bothers me so much. He just is too old, you know? He can't be bothered with running around <laughs> for money. He reminds me of contestants on Amazing Race. Every season on Amazing Race, which is a show where um, duos race around the world, what would you say, just in the goal for a million dollars, basically? Yeah, they're racing for a million dollars. Doing different challenges and whatnot, but the key word is Amazing Race. It's trying to be fast. Mm-hmm. And there's always a couple who just is so slow. They have no hustle, and it mm-hmm. kills me to watch them. Yeah, they're that, always first or second out. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They don't make it far. The nonchalantness, chalanceness, chalancity. <laughs> that attribute <laughs> is not needed in a game like this, and it drives me nuts. Like he's just like sauntering around, like, well, I guess I should get looking for it, and it's like, yeah, no, duh. Yep. I th- I put I put in my notes. Bruce is going bankrupt. <laughs> he's not going to find a single thing. That's what I thought. <laughs> not only was he slow. I mean, his whole point was, I'm going to be slow and deliberate. He was slow and also terrible at looking. Oh, what's that quote from Space Jam? Oh, Stan. Yeah, he says, I'm not very fast, but I'm slow. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. He's also not very good at looking. So he's walking by him. Bruce walks by one. Drew picks picks it up. I loved that. And looks directly at the camera like, Uh what's wrong with that guy? (laughs) And then we get a good ta- talking head where Drew is just disgusted with Bruce's work ethic. No, honestly. <laughs> this was like a millennials versus Gen X it moment. It was. Uh-huh. <laughs> At the end of the day, they collect their baskets. They all open up their little canisters. Each one has a different amount of cash in it. They're loaded with $20 bills. They count up their money. D leads the way. 
I've got a breakdown of everybody's dollar amount. Okay, hit me with it. This is an order um, of least amount of money to most. Mm -hmm. And also, ironically, least amount of value to most amount of value to me. Okay. All right. Bruce, $80. (laughs) Jake, $340. Kendra, $360. Julie, $420. That's the only one that I would say is a little out of ranking here. Okay, so these are the the players themselves, the value they hold to you in the show? Just in life, the value (laughs) that they hold (laughs) to society. (laughs) Okay. Katura, 480. Mm. Emily, 500. Drew, 520. Kelly, 700. Austin, 700. And D, 900. D was hustling. Out yes, there. she was. Yep, she easily leads the pack with that nine hundred smackaroos, and we get to the auction, the moment we've all been waiting for. We're at auction time, and we get a treat here. You know, I love a good flashback. Flashback, a montage of old Survivor auction moments from seasons past. Some of these were great. I broke this down as well. Okay. Did I you? have one that I took note of. Yes, what was it? It was Shambo's muted anger. I forgot at, about Shambo. At, at getting the fruit bat soup. Yes. <laughs> that was a legendary moment. She says, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Shambo was known for saying dude and her mullet, of course. <laughs> She's great. Here are some of the auction items that it highlights. Mm-hmm. A hamburger, Nutella being licked off of a hand. Mm. fruit bat soup a milkshake beer a shower and peanut butter peanut butter also being licked off of a hand by cochran my favorite this is like a this this survivor auction i had forgotten it always turns into like an lsd fueled rave people are just (laughs) licking chocolate cake off each other's hands (laughs) like people are just stripping down and showering in front of each other maybe that's why they had to get rid of it (laughs) it's getting wild they walk up, they get in there. I mean, Jeff looks 12 in all of these flashbacks. Right? And then we get current day Jeff. And man, I'm sure he's used a lot of sunscreen over the years. But if he could go back, he'd probably use a little bit more. <laughs> You'd be right about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally time. They walk up to the beach for the auction. Dee walks in like she's ready to buy the whole store. She's got all that cash in her pocket. She's pumped. Jeff tells him the last time they've done this auction was in 2015. It's been eight years. Since and that's impossible because 2015 auction. was like three years ago. That is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels like three years ago because we rewatched so many seasons during COVID. Seriously. During the pandemic, we right. watched a ton of seasons. So it doesn't feel that long for us. But it has really been a long time since they've right. done this auction. The main reason that it went away is because they always snuck in some sort of advantage, like a steal a vote or a hidden immunity idol or something like that. It was all, or an advantage in the next challenge. Yes. Something like that, that they would sell. And once they did that the first time, they, they did it as a surprise during one of these auctions. And after they did that the first time, after that, everybody would just save their money. Nobody would bid on anything, and Jeff would get so butthurt about it. 
he would get, he would take it personally that nobody was, would want the food. Everybody would just save their money and everybody would put their money in and try and buy this advantage. And so they just stopped doing the auction because it wasn't fun anymore. Right. So Jeff announces at the beginning of this auction, there are no advantages and there are a few more twists. Obviously, everybody has a different amount of money. That's new. That's different. They had to earn that. The third thing, which I am curious to hear your thoughts on, is Jeff pulled a number between 6 and 15 out of a bag Mm -hmm. blindly. And that number determined how many items were going to be sold at the auction. Jeff knew it, but none of the players knew. Right. So the auction would end without warning. All the players knew is that it could be up to 15 items or it could be as little as six. Right. So they knew that it was kind of in that range. And Jeff tells them that whoever has the most amount of money left at the end of the auction loses their vote. Amazing. A good twist Mm -hmm. to incentivize people to spend their money sooner rather than later. Right. Kind of a convoluted structure to this auction. Mm -hmm. But I think if you can wrap your head around the way it works, it actually worked really, really well to get people to bid on things and buy things. I agree. I loved it. It did kind of beg the question, did people need to then have different amounts of money if you already had this kind of incentive to spend money? Right. That's true. Because you could have just made it if multiple people have the same amount of money at the end, they all lose their vote. Sure. But- Hey, they did it this way. I'm not mad about it. Well, because then what would happen? Would it just be the first person to say, you know, if they all got $500? Would it just be the first person to say $500 got it? Yeah, exactly. That's how I would. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd assume. But but we get into it. Spend away. I thought here I put in my notes, Bruce is saved. Because everybody <laughs> yeah. has to spend their money. And so he only had $80. He only had $80, but he'll finally, he'll get to buy something. Yeah. That's what I thought. (laughs) I have yet another breakdown of what was sold, who it was sold to, and how much it was sold for. Me too. Should we go through each one, one by one? Let's do it. All right. The very first item. Because some of these items, for those of you who haven't watched an auction, a survivor auction, sometimes they sell items blind. They're covered. Right. And they're not always good. For example, Shambo. Mm Mm-hmm. Spent all of her money to get a little bit of food, <laughs> and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. It was a couple of dead bats, yeah, in uh, boiling in water. water. <laughs> yeah, very first item. You've got this one. Yep, uncovered salty pretzels and a cold beer, sold to Kendra for three hundred and sixty dollars. All of her money, right off the bat. And those pretzels. Just looking at those pretzels was making, making me, thirsty. me thirsty. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, good call. Good call. Spend all your money. Your vote is now safe. You're not going to lose it. You've got zero dollars in the bank. I have to say a beer and pretzels sounds like the least appetizing thing to me on a hot day on the beach. I don't know. Just like pretzels making your mouth dry and a beer. It doesn't sound appealing to me, but she was really gung-ho for it and I'm glad she got it. She did it for her biological father. I wanted to touch on that later. That was the cutest story that she told. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll talk about it okay. later. Next item. Uncovered French fries, ketchup, 
and it looked like a Coke, but I thought it's probably a Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) That was sold for $500 to Kelly. And as she's eating that French fry, Emily, just watching, is moved to tears. Because Emily went for it in Mm -hmm. the auction. And she had some really sad looks on her face. She that. I was felt bad so for her. hungry. Yeah. You could just tell. She was so hungry. Plus, you want to go for these uncovered items that you know that you like. Mm-hmm. Emily will go continue. Emily will continue to yes. chase her hunger in the next item. Yes. Covered item sold to Emily for $440. It was covered. She was so nervous. She was so nervous. It was bat soup. She even said it. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets up there and Jeff lifts the cover off of it. And it is a beautiful charcuterie board with a glass of white wine. Hallelujah. I was like, yes, for Emily. I love this for you. She was so excited. She does like a dance. Uh Jeff says, who are you? (laughs) I loved that part. It was so funny. She's like, this is what I'm like when I'm fed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought it was amazing. It's so true. Sometimes people will be like, you know, when somebody gets mad and, and people are like, oh, they showed you their their true colors, you know. I kind of hate when people say that because I'm like, not really. You just put them in like the worst case scenario. Yeah, they're put in them a pressure cooker with no food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Next item. This is now we're on item number four here. Gets uncovered and it's a chocolate milkshake. D does not hesitate. She spends all $900 on this milkshake. Stupid. Really? I thought this was a, a smart move. If you're playing it to be smart, I think it's a smart move. This is hard to explain, but I just think I don't really feel like it was in that way. Like I don't think it was a strategic move as much as it was if she was just like a milkshake, yum, I'll do that. But it's really? like don't you think there's gonna be something better? But I know that's the whole like thing you have to weigh. Of all the desserts, the chocolate milkshake is the best one. Or that or like a warm chocolate chip cookie. What? I should have eaten before the podcast. (laughs) I'm so hungry. (laughs) And of course, that's our fourth item. Fifth item comes out. It's covered. Bidding on this, you're just bidding on it to save your vote. Exactly. You have to be 100% sure this is a bad item. This is a covered item that is sold to Katura for $480. It is two giant, juicy-looking fish eyes. <laughs> Those fish eyes were the size of mangoes. That was... <laughs> <laughs> they were huge. They were so big. It was unbelievable. Wait, wait, we forgot about the important thing, though. Jeff offers... Yes, before he uncovers it. Before he uncovers it, because Katura is saying the same thing that we just She's said. She's panicking, right. Yeah, this has got to be bad. And Jeff says, oh, you think this is bad, huh? I'll offer you a trade. He pulls out another, mm-hmm. another covered plate, puts it on the table in front of her and says, you can have this instead, if you want. So it's your stupid. choice. Of course you trade it. You take the trade. You take the trade. Use all your logic uh-huh. that you use to convince yourself already that this is going to be a bad thing. Exactly. Instead, she says, I'll keep what I was convinced was bad two seconds ago. Yeah. There's no way you'd be offering me something good. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. And she gets the fish eyes. And then Jeff's like, encourages her to try it. Yeah. Oh, she goes, she lifts it up and for like the... She like the, sucks the on of it. it. Yeah, she yeah. like licks one of the dangling gooey pieces off of it. Oh. Jeff says, well, Katura didn't want it because she puts it back. She doesn't want to eat it. 
Just as anybody else want to bid on this? And Austin buys it for a hundred dollars. <laughs> I really liked this. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It's like, yeah, I'll eat it. Sustenance. And he bites into it like an apple. Oh gosh. And he's like, it's just like sashimi. <laughs> <laughs> he takes a bite into it basically for free because he still has more money than almost everybody else right. out there. So he buys the, the fish eyes, takes it back. He really only eats the couple of bites. Right. I think after a couple of bites, he realizes, you know, I didn't need this protein that badly. <laughs> I think I was doing okay before. I mean, we all have that friend that'll just eat something weird for the show of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. He yeah. took the bite, he got the screen time, and then it was like, all right, I'm yeah. done with this. <laughs> Those sound effects, there's no way. Those are the real thing, right? Definitely. Really? Fish eyes are squishy. They're oh. squishy. It sounded like someone like playing in a tub of jello. Is oh. what it <laughs> the next item is the other covered item that Jeff offered to Katura. He doesn't uncover it. Drew bids on it. Now, keep in mind, this is the last guaranteed item up for sale. Right. Anything after this, we don't even know if there's going to be another item right. up for sale after this. Drew buys it. Says he he's hoping for a meal. He's seen a lot. Five hundred and twenty dollars for it. Yeah, he says I've seen a lot of appetizers so far. Looking for a meal. Jeff uncovers it, reveals a bowl of candy. (laughs) (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. (laughs) Gross looking candy too, and I love candy. (laughs) Drew, Drew is so disappointed. And Jeff cannot believe how ungrateful yeah. Drew is. And Drew's like, I mean, I'll take it, but I'm also open for negotiations. And Jeff's like, sit down. Jeff is like, you're lucky I don't take this offer off the table right now. Yeah. I'll cancel the transaction. <laughs> I am with Drew. That's what I was saying. Like, same thing about a milkshake. Like, if I'm starving on a beach, I guess the whole premise is, is that you would take anything. But when I'm so hungry, a dessert isn't what sounds good to me. Like it almost feels like that would make you sick to just eat like a bowl of candy when That's you haven't eaten anything. That's what he says, anything. yeah. He says it'll go right through me. So oh, I thought- I didn't understand that, but you're right. He did say that. I thought he was, you know, worried about the weight gain. You know, just <laughs> like a moment on the lips is forever on the hips. I thought that's what Drew was worried about. But no, he's worried about the runs. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we get a giant slice of pizza- Costco sized, but not Costco quality. Absolutely. This, this looked so freaking gross. It looked awful. It looked like uncooked. How could they do this to us? <laughs> Is the budget that low these days? Yeah. That was when, such a gross looking when, slice of pizza. When Austin bites into one of those pepperonis, it like, it like kind of breaks like it's made of Play-Doh. Oh. And like flips oh, up. Gross. It looks awful. <laughs> And out of obligation, he says, it's better than the fisheye, but we all know it's not. Yeah. The way he said it, though, he was almost acknowledging, like, (laughs) only barely, though. I'll take a screenshot and post it on the Instagram, but um, that was a giant slice of pizza sold to Austin for $600. Yeah, $600 for that slice of pizza should be a crime, honestly. (laughs) Price gouging in this economy, this survivor economy is ridiculous. Every item from now on is not guaranteed. Right. That pizza could have been the last item. And Jeff kind of hints that it might have been, but then he says, 
It's not. We've got one more. That's item. one of the reasons why I loved this is that after every single one, Jeff could say that item was not the last one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's the master of indirection. Yes, he really is. He gets you every time. It's like um, whenever they used to suspect the merge mm-hmm. and they'd all get together and for the challenge and Jeff would be like, everybody drop your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> the next item is uncovered. It's not a food item this time. It is the toothbrush, toothpaste, and mouthwash offering just a a moment of cleanliness for your mouth. This has got to be the worst one. I'd rather take the fish eyes. Seriously, this one sucks. (laughs) Do a shower. It's a shower for your mouth. But you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Julie buys it because she doesn't want to lose her vote. Right. It's her last chance. For $420. $420 for, <laughs> for toothbrush. I've never, of course, I've never gone 15 days without brushing my teeth. Right. So it's possible that this is, you know, just as good as food. The question is, is does she get to keep the toothbrush? I don't think so. Now that would make it a, a little bit more worth it. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I think it was one of those disposable ones. You like get on an airplane. <laughs> you get tooth, you get from the dentist. Yeah. I was you don't get say. toothbrushes <laughs> on an airplane. <laughs> Also, the ones your dentists give you are not disposable. I'm thinking of headphones. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next item is a chocolate cake. It is to be shared by three people. Jake buys it for $300 and chooses to share it with Julia, which was good because he needs to get Julia's good graces and Bruce. Heaven knows why. I think her name is just Julie. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you don't get screen time. <laughs> you can just call her Mama J. <laughs> that's right. They force them to eat it like animals. No With utensils. their hands and they have a timer. Mm-hmm. Once again, Bruce has no hustle. What's he I, trying to prove here? I couldn't even watch. He like pinches like three bites out of it, like the teeniest little bites. And you could see the other people are like, Bruce, like go hard. Grab a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. And Jeff even kind of says like, when the timer stops, like I'm taking the plate away, but whatever's in your hands you can have. And so Jake and Julie grab fistfuls of it, you know, Mm -hmm. but Bruce, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. It's like Bruce on- From Matilda? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's the opposite of that though. Come on, Brucey. He grabs like a few little pinches of it. And then whenever Jeff's like, okay, your time is up. He like grabs like a medium sized piece and then breaks it off into a small piece and takes that. <laughs> yeah. Other Bruce, Matilda Bruce would be ashamed he of would Bruce's be. effort. He, he is ashamed. Present tense. <laughs> the next one, we get teased one more time. You know, will there be another? Will there? Won't there? If there's not another one, Kelly is the one who loses her vote. She's got the most money. It's Kelly and then Bruce and then Emily still has $20 left or something. Right. So Jeff tells him one more item up for sale at least and Kelly is excited to buy it no matter what it is. Jeff uncovers probably the best one so far. Yep. It's a margarita. Mm-hmm. And a PB&J. And chips. And chips. It's a meal. It's a meal. And the Survivor PB&Js look so good to me. 
They do. They're on like thick white bread and they have jelly and peanut butter dripping off of it. If I ever go to Fiji, I'm ordering a PB&J. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> she. It's funny though, because before Jeff uncovers it, she says something along the lines of, come on, I want a margarita. Uh-huh. And Jeff pulls it up and he's kind of delicate with it. And Emily, the financial analyst, is like, he was delicate with it. Kelly, there was a 100% chance that is a margarita. (laughs) Put your money into that stock. (laughs) I want to go to Vegas with Emily. (laughs) She'll be counting cards, (laughs) telling me where to, you know, when to call, when to (laughs) fold. She's... Give me all the odds. That's what I want. That made me so happy for Kelly. That was the cheapest. That was the least amount of money somebody spent and the greatest mm-hmm. reward by and far. And it's her second thing. She got the French fries. <gasps> so she ate the French fries. And then later I did not she gets the PB&J up. and the chips and the margarita. Oh, she's stuffed. Oh, yeah. I can't believe she... Good for Kelly. Yeah. Meanwhile, Drew is <laughs> chewing on his gummy worms. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are no more items up for sale, and Bruce loses his vote. Because he has no hustle. He's got no hustle. He swapped his vote for a couple of pinches of chocolate cake. Yeah. And uh, he's in a bad spot. Hilarious for the rest of us who are watching, <laughs> but bad for bad for Bruce. Anything else? Before we move on from the Survivor auction. It, I wish there was maybe just a few more covered items. Or maybe a few more bad items, because I love it whenever people get tricked into something bad. Yeah, it's always hard when it's somebody you love, mm-hmm. but like, it's just priceless when somebody gets the gross thing. You know, yeah. it also made me um, want the food challenges back in Survivor. Remember that Jeff would just put up like gross things, like it, like blend them. Uh huh. Like yeah, yeah. He put like yeah, I remember that one. He put a squid into a blender. Survivor cocktails. Yeah. And he would just blend things up, and they had to drink it. Right. Yeah. It, it made me want more of the old Survivor. Yeah. No, it was good. I thought it was a big success. Everybody had fun with it. People. A lot of people got to eat. Some people didn't get to eat. You know, and and you get a lot of that. And I, I did like that there were no advantages at stake. Right. But there was a disadvantage exactly. at stake if you didn't spend your money. Mm-hmm. So there was still incentive there to the incentive it was in the right place to make it a fun challenge. Right. I thought it was a big success. Back at the Dakuwaka Beach, Kendra shares her story, why she was excited about the beer. She meets her biological father for the first time when she was 18 yeah it was such a great story so she had grown up thinking that her adopted father was her biological father found out when she was 18 that he wasn't got her biological father's information from her aunt reached out to him and so it seemed that they have had a wonderful relationship since then and he loves beer and i guess maybe that's something that they bond on and so getting that beer at the auction was like special to her on a few levels. Good for her. Yeah, that's a good character building story. It's a good story to kind of build up some, I don't know, some sympathy, some empathy, kind of round you out as a person to the jury. Yes. Later. I did think maybe she's sharing this a little bit too soon, mm-hmm. but who knows? It's not so much of like a moving story that it would probably really sway anybody's votes. Right. So I didn't think it was really that, that, too soon yeah if if that makes sense 
Because you get people like Adam, the winner of Millennials versus Gen X. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Who had his uh, mother was dying of cancer back at home. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say that to anybody the whole time he was out there until he was on the, in fi- the final until he was three. in the final three pleading mm-hmm. his case for the million dollars. He said that then, and that was a good time to, and that was a, a big enough thing, big enough character building that it definitely, it, it worked for him. Yeah, definitely. I thought, I th- I think that, uh, yeah, if you got a story like that, you got to save it. And sometimes, you know, it can be respectable to not use a story like that. Right. But this is not one of those stories. This is just a kind of a feel-good story. Kendra sharing a little bit about herself, being vulnerable. I thought it was a good time. And it was a good fit in this episode. Right. I thought. After that, we move on to some strategy. And immediately, this is why all men or all women alliances, they just don't work. They can't work. Ugh. There's always a snitch. There is. And it's there's always... Emily's not a girl's girl. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But there's always somebody who's not a girl's girl, not a guy's guy, who, who can't roll with the all girls, all guys alliance. Yeah, can't you know, do the girly thing or can't bro out with right. the dudes. And so she goes and she tells Drew, just so you know, they're thinking about doing all, all girl alliance. Then Drew says to the camera, so the girls think they're being sneaky by starting an all girl alliance, but they're not. As if he got that information like through his own merit. <laughs> he did with his wit and his charm. <laughs> he pulled Emily in. <laughs> it just annoyed me that he like felt like he could talk down on it as if like, he built a spy shack and heard them saying, let's yeah. do an all girls thing. Like, dude, the you girls didn't even... think they're being sneaky after a girl told me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he is really on point here where he says, you know, that's full of holes, mm-hmm. right? The all girls alliance full of holes. The, the gender based alliances, they just never work. Right. They never work. They might work on a smaller tribe at the beginning of a game but they never work on a, on a merged beach right because of exactly what emily says she has a really good relationship with two boys on the beach mm-hmm. and so throwing that away to go with the all-girl alliance just doesn't make sense right so emily's the snitch but drew has a plan to pull katura in because he knows that she hates bruce austin's in on it d's in on it julie's in on it they all want to get katura in Everybody wants Bruce out. Really, Kelly's ready to vote out Bruce. Kendra's ready to vote out Bruce. Jake would be on board, I think, if they were to ask him to vote out Bruce. Everybody hates Bruce. They're at the water well. They're talking about who they might vote out. It's Katura, Drew, Austin, and D. Did you see the inception that happened here? Drew planting the idea to get Katura to be the one to throw out Bruce's name. This was actually super great gameplay done by Drew. Mm-hmm. He says something along the lines of, oh, you know, since you know this is kind of our first time working with you, just as like a sign of trust, we'll follow your lead. Who do you want to vote out? Knowing that she's going to say Bruce. 100%. He knew that he, she wanted Bruce out. He was three d- dreams deep mm-hmm. <laughs> in this inception mode. Right? He was on the verge of falling into limbo with Leo DiCaprio <laughs> on those railroad tracks. He was so close, but he, he pulled out of it and planted the idea and Katura suggests Bruce. And uh, just great. I thought it was a uh, yeah, good gameplay. Drew's making some moves. 
I know he is. Episode. We gave him a lot of grief for mm-hmm. saying that he was going to be the smartest person ever to play this game. Mm-hmm. So far, he hasn't lived up to it until this moment. We've been absolutely roasting him over on our TikTok. <laughs> so it's good to see him redeeming himself. From here, we go to the immunity challenge, but we take a quick break and uh, we'll take a break as well. With Christmas less than two months away, now is the perfect time to head over to Jancy Ann Co. to snag some of those great holiday deals for that special someone in your life. Macrame, embroideries, weavings, Jancy Ann Co. is here to make the perfect alliance with your holiday shopping needs. For a limited time, save 26% with code HOLIDAYMERGE at Jancy Ann Co. on Etsy and at jancyann.com. That's code HOLIDAYMERGE, one word, at Jancyann Co. on Etsy and at jancyann.com. And just so y'all know, 26% off is huge for Jancyann Co. They hardly ever do sales that big. So if you want to get something, now is the time. That's J-A-N-C-Y-A-N-N-C-O. Welcome back. I have got a challenge breakdown for you. Are you ready? I am ready. With one arm, they must hold on to a rope that is tied to a log containing one third of their pregame body weight. At regular intervals, they have to slide down on their rope, making it more difficult. The last person standing wins immunity. There it is. As we saw what the challenge was going to be as they were walking in, I thought, I don't think I've seen this before. Oh, really? Yeah. I was just thinking this week that it's been a long time since we've had something where they did something based off of their pre-game body weight. They do that sometimes. Yeah. As soon as he explained it, I remembered that we've seen this challenge before, but they've redesigned it a little bit. Right. Just with the way it looks. So I didn't recognize it off the bat. I was excited for a new challenge and was disappointed (laughs) when it wasn't a new challenge. But there is a twist to this immunity challenge jeff offers up a large bag of rice to the tribe to take back to get them through the rest of the game right but four people have to volunteer to sit out of the challenge right so immediately who is it that says they'll sit out there's two people immediately you have d is willing and and emily Emily. they're both willing to sit out (laughs) So they need two more people. And Gatura's like, oh, we just need two more people. Like, we just need to agree that we won't get the people out who sit out for the rice. And Jeff's like, do you want me to help you out? And she's like, yes, help us out, Jeff. I'll add a little something to yeah. help you d- help you make your decision. And Jeff just pulls out this giant knife. <laughs> pulls out a giant knife and just stabs the bag of rice. <laughs> slashes it open. <laughs> In the bottom, and rice, and rice starts to start, pour yeah. out. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, Katur, famous last word. She's that like, yes, was, please. <laughs> yeah, that was sick. Savage Jeff. He's tired, sick and tired of people quitting. He's slashing bags of rice yeah. with a knife. So then they all start panicking. Mm-hmm. And Drew is like, I'll sit out. Drew, then, immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're just panicking. They're like, we need one more person. That kind of bothered me. So I'm like, Katura, obviously you're going to do it. Why'd you wait so long? Yeah, she wasted so much rice. So much rice. Jeff slashing that rice bag. That's going to be an all-time survival <laughs> yeah, moment. It's so funny. And the way that he set it up. <laughs> yeah, it's hanging. <laughs> yeah. It's hanging on a rope and he just slashes it at the bottom. 
Everybody was shocked. I gasped audibly. It was he, amazing. When he stabbed that thing. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, what was <laughs> so funny is after he, after he stabs it and they're waiting for, for somebody else to, to stand up for it, Drew says, is it running out? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, duh. Can I catch it? <laughs> yeah. What was that question? We're all watching the rice literally run out of the bag like yes it's running out it was <laughs> such a funny question oh he was so Katura sad jumps out as well so they get the four people and i'm just thinking have these guys never seen survivor this is a negotiation every season you negotiate with jeff you could get him down to three but this is what i'm telling you jeff was in savage mode uh-huh didn't want to negotiate with drew about his his crappy desserts yeah and he was not negotiating about the rice. No, he was not. All he was going to do was slash a bigger hole if he tried <laughs> to talk any sense into him. I just think that once it was stabbed, people's common sense went out the door. Mm-hmm. Drew is not the type of person that I ever would have pegged to sit out on a challenge like this. Mm-hmm. Because logically, it's not the right move. Mm-hmm. And so I was shocked that he did it. But I just feel like whenever you can see the rice, literally coming out of the bag losing like a it. lot yeah like people people lose their their rationale drew just the man you want in a time of crisis so decisive mm-hmm. as soon as that rice started coming out he immediately all sit out yeah volunteers but the rest of the tribe the rest of the group move on to the challenge a really boring challenge to watch if i'm being perfectly honest they do their best to amp it up with the music and the rope sound effects and you know zooming in on the sweat dripping off someone's brow all that good stuff but really they're just standing there holding a rope right and it's not that painful just as their hands get tired yeah so i love the endurance ones i'm not gonna lie I don't know what it is. When you explained it just barely, I'm like, yeah, it's so true. The editing, it's the only thing that can spice it up when it's just boring. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I like them so much, but I just do. I mean, they do a good job editing it. Yeah. They make five people standing around holding a rope really intense. Yeah, it's, right? It begins. Jeff immediately calls them all fat. <laughs> Jeff says, remember, that log holds a third of your body weight. That's a lot of pounds. <laughs> and Kelly says, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Speaking of Kelly, her and Austin, an unlikely duo, team up. They just have a chat yeah, in I the loved middle of that. the challenge. They're just like giving each other updates on how everybody else is performing <laughs> in the challenge and what they think the other person's going to do. Yeah, that was great. But unfortunately, Kelly is the first to lose it. She goes down after moving down a few sections. And she's out of the challenge. Kendra is the next to drop out, leaving four left. You have Julie, Austin, Jake, and Bruce. Now, Julie, she had a five-head strategy going here. Did you notice what she was doing? No, I don't, I don't know what five-head means. Five-head, you have a four-head. So a five-head means even bigger brained than <laughs> the normal person. Is this a real thing or did you make it up? No, this is a real thing. I must have a three head. It's it's the internet slang of the day. She's got this strategy. Everybody's using the knots. 
right? Tied in the rope that ties off the different sections. Their hands are at the bottom. Right. So the rope is a little bit longer. Julie is not using the knot. She's got her hand up against the closest knot to the log. Right. So her hand could slide down the rope to the next knot, but she's holding it three or four inches closer to the log. Interesting. Which lessens every inch counts, right? Every inch you add to that rope, it gets heavier and heavier. Sure. So by moving her hand up just five more inches, she's holding significantly less weight than everybody else. That's really cool. I like that you caught that because I really admire when people have these unique ways of thinking about and doing these challenges Mm -hmm. that's kind of what makes like um tyson tyson is in my opinion known for doing some unique things like that in his season they did an obstacle course and everybody could choose which obstacles to do in what order and he went and chose to do the hardest ones and the furthest away ones first while he had the most strength and energy. While everybody went to do the easiest ones first. Yeah. He won that challenge. Boston Rob, when the keys are hanging on like the spirally thing and they have to unspin them. And people would painstakingly like guiding it around and around. Then Boston Rob found out you could just hit it and it would just and come off. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, those kind of game-breaking type ideas yeah. are, are always fun to see and will win you immunity. Right. They get to the final section here, so nobody has any knots left. We have Julie, Austin, Jake, and Bruce, and Austin drops out first in this group. Next is Jake, which Jake is commentating quite a bit. He's being a very ton. verbal. Yes, he is. He's, he's shooting for that main character spot now that Caleb's gone. Yeah. Jake is <laughs> he's doing his best to, to fit into that, that role. But left are the two oldest people in the game. You have Bruce and Julie. Bruce has been oddly quiet, really all episode. Yeah, I, I would mean, agree. he's been too cool for school in the auction challenges, but... All throughout this challenge, he hasn't really said anything. Right. It looks like both of them are about to drop, and Julie is the first. She drops out. It was sad. I was kind of rooting for Julie. Me too. I teased Julie about, you know, not getting screen time and whatnot, but I do like her. Like, I, I feel like in real life, she's probably super awesome. I really wanted her to win this one. And of course, I helped that she was going up against Bruce, who I don't really like. Yeah. Bruce wins it though. Afterward, he's talking about it. You know, he's he did it for his daughter, and uh, I thought, dang it, don't like, don't make us like you, Bruce. I know this was a likable moment for him. Just come on now, Just yeah. Slow your roll <laughs> with the likability stuff. Don't be cute talking about your family yeah, back at enough. home. We want to hate you, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> You're the villain. We go back to the Dakuwaka Beach. Everybody is pissed that Bruce is now yep. one immunity. The music is new this season, I'm telling you. We had some really intense music here just to emphasize how much everybody's on edge. Yeah, definitely. Kelly Kelly had some good talking heads, some like really funny, oh, yeah? talk, entertaining. She calls, him, calls Bruce the old ball and chain. <gasps> yeah. Can't get rid of him. I thought that was good. I thought that was funny. And it shows like the montage. <laughs> and it cuts to a shot, yeah, of Bruce telling her to come along like a dog while they're walking <laughs> along the path like... Come on, on. <laughs> come on, girl. Then we see Jake talking with Emily and was it D? Yeah, Jake is talking with Kelly and Emily. 
That's who it is. That's right. Emily and wait, what'd you just say? Kelly and Emily. <laughs> Kelly and Emily. <laughs> and they have already decided that they want to get Jake out. Mm-hmm. And so they're just talking to him, trying to throw him off the scent. But like they won't say a name. Jake won't say a name. And it's like painfully obvious that it's Jake. Yeah. Even to Jake. Yet another obvious vote out because nobody knows on this beach how to come up with a phony plan. Seriously. Seriously. Or to just throw a fake name out there. Uh-huh. And I am so proud of Jake. He's immediately on to them. They basically say like, you know, well, it's not you. Just don't play your shot in the dark, whatever you do. Yeah. And they turn around and then Jake looks at the camera and rolls his eyes <laughs> like a Jim Halpert moment. It in was so the exciting. the actual camp. Yes. It wasn't a talking head. Exactly. Yeah. Like it was literally one shot. They turn around. He turns around, but then turns his head back to give us that look and i just loved that because i like knowing that these realizations are in real time Mm -hmm. he could see in the moment that they were bsing him he played along for them and the second they turned around he acknowledges to us i know these guys are lying to me they're full of it definitely so now he's openly idol hunting which was a great move to idol hunt, but I just wish he would have done it more privately. I don't know why he was going all out like this. I mean, he's he knows it's going to be him. He's He's got no reason to try and look privately because they're going to vote for him either way. I don't know. But that's the thing is he doesn't know that. Things can change. That's true. I just think a public idol search, unless you're 100% sure it's you, which I, I mean, I know he thought that, but as we both know, it wasn't. Yeah. But at the time it was, I think. And you think him doing this is what deterred that? Not necessarily. It it may have. And I think, you know, going out when you're, when everybody is going to vote you and you're looking for an idol, it's not seen as an act of, you know, oh, I can't trust him. He's suspicious. It's just, uh, it's, it's a more forgivable desperation. Like a desperate idol search is way more forgivable on the beach than a sneaky trying to get away with an And I see that. But then it also, if you live to see another day, it puts a target on your back. Everybody's wondering if you have an idol. Yeah, it's true. He's searching. They send someone to go babysit him, which what's the point of doing that when he's doing it openly? I guess just to figure out, just to try and see if he finds one or not. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Drew is narrating this whole thing as if from a script. It's incredible. <laughs> but Drew then suggests maybe we should get Kelly out instead and says, you know, Jake may have an idol. Bruce may give him his idol. Like, you, we just never know. So maybe we get out Kelly, we disarm Bruce, and then we have the numbers to split a vote the next right. tribal. Finally, somebody is thinking about numbers to split votes. Right. I thought this was great. Yes, me too. Something that I love about Survivor is the lights, and by the lights I mean the sun, (laughs) really help with continuity. Mm -hmm. On Love is Blind, they have all the contestants to drink out of gold cups, and on the internet they're known as continuity cups so that they can edit it to be, you know, so you can't like track the liquids and Mm -hmm. that way they can edit scenes to be in whatever order Mm -hmm. i like that in survivor they can't really do that very much because you can see in this scene when drew brings this up to a group it's darker outside Mm -hmm. the day has come and gone and they're getting really close to start walking to tribal council like you could tell that this is sort of his his last minute idea 
And I like that you can see that time has passed. They have sat on this Jake thing all day. Yeah. And it's received lukewarmly. This mm-hmm. is right before tribal. Right. And his alliance all kind of says, I don't know. I got to think about it. I really want to vote Jake. I'd rather not get Kelly out. And so we really, we go to tribal at this point with no closure. We don't know. I had no idea yeah. what was going to happen. If I was a betting man, I would have bet Jake probably. Me too. But I am not a betting man unless I was to go with Emily to Vegas. <laughs> We get to tribal council. What a sad start to tribal council. I thought that Jeff was finally turning into savage Jeff. Uh-huh. And now he's getting roasted by the entire cast. All the all the castaways are roasting him for using the knife on that. They weren't roasting him. They loved it. They, they're they laughing at him. For being cool. For, for being a dramatic. And, and I just thought he's all the way gone. Savage Jeff is gone. The players have no respect for him anymore. No, I did not Even get that vibe. Even if he's savage, they just laugh it off. <laughs> they saw it for what it was, iconic. It was iconic for a brief moment. <laughs> As they're asking questions, Jake doesn't care about the questions. No, he doesn't. Because he's just trying to get out his his bachelor speech, as I call it. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to find a way to tie this speech that he's memorized back at camp into this question that Jeff's asking him. And he fumbles and then finally he's just like, uh, what was the question? Never mind. Can I just make a pitch? Exactly. And then so he's given the floor to make a pitch and he embarrasses himself. Uh Uh-huh. It's not a good pitch for a guy who's a lawyer. He just can't. He's seems exhausted and mentally worn out. Seriously. And starving, all to the point where he can't really string a coherent sentence together. Right. Now, Katura is kind of suspicious of him, throws him under the bus for being a lawyer. What does mm-hmm. Katura do for work again? She's a lawyer. Oh, she's a lawyer. That's right. <laughs> I love that for her. <laughs> Finally, though, Jake makes a good pitch about, you know, starting to split votes. Like enough with these unanimous votes. Right. That's not Survivor. Make a play. Somebody's at the bottom. Right. Bruce and Kelly, really everybody from original Bellow has just given up on numbers. Right. They've given up. They just think that every vote is going to be like this moving forward, I guess. Yeah. Or they just completely underestimate how unified the original Reba members are. Right. And don't realize they've pulled in Emily as well. Yep. So it's just, Jake is 100% right in this moment. But it seems like his pleas are falling on deaf ears. Or at least that's what he thinks. And he has a great line, whether planned or not, when he's saying how silly it is for everybody to put, you know, all eight votes on somebody. He says, if I play my idol, un-idol tonight, or a shot in the dark, the way that he says my idol and then stumbles and corrects to an idol sounded so genuine, but it, it stirred up some drama. All that stuff I was just saying about how he couldn't string a sentence together and he seemed exhausted. As soon as he dropped that line, I thought, was that all, was that whole thing? Yeah. The long con. Yeah. He was just trying <laughs> to convince everybody that he was exhausted and wasn't thinking straight and would was in a mind like a state of mind that he would accidentally let slip that he has an idea 
genius. It was incredible. Uh, like we're watching Shakespeare. <laughs> Jake ends up playing his shot in the dark. He does yeah. not have an idol. He's like, can we get Caleb to blow on this? <laughs> That's right. Caleb's in the jury, of course. <laughs> Caleb's in the jury. Everybody places their votes. Obviously, Jake doesn't have a vote for playing the shot in the dark. And Bruce doesn't have a vote because he had the most money left at the end of the auction. After all of the votes are submitted and Jeff is opening up the scroll to see if Jake's shot in the dark is safe or not safe. Jake has a really cool line that I think, ah, this is a good last line if you're about to go out. And he says, does lightning strike twice? (laughs) That is a good last line. It's cool, right? That's right. Caleb, you know, Caleb was watching on the jury just... He wanted another safe so bad. No, he didn't. Really? Yeah, he wants that glory. I mean, I would. I I bet he wanted the safe just to watch the fireworks. Right. You know, watch more chaos happen to these people that just voted you out. Yeah. Plus, Jake is the only one who didn't vote him out. So he probably has a rooting interest for Jake. Unfortunately, it is not safe. And Jake is not immune And votes will count against him. Right. First three votes are read, all for Jake. The next five votes come through for Kelly. Ooh, I was absolutely shocked, though. Drew's plan was accepted by his alliance. All five of them vote for Kelly. Kelly is shocked. Now, this is what we talked about last episode. Mm -hmm. I was so excited. Kelly showed some real emotion, some real bitterness. Before Kelly says anything, though, Jake goes, whoa. Then he notices that Kelly's like in tears and goes, sorry, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, whoa. He tones down his whoa. Yeah, it was like all caps, whoa, lower caps, whoa. (laughs) He was like, he was saying to the Survivor editors, I'm going to give you a better whoa. Yeah. Let's let's take take two on my whoa (laughs) so I don't sound insensitive. (laughs) I wrote down the things that Kelly says after she gets voted out. Mm -hmm. She's shocked. Mm -hmm. She looks back to Austin and says, did you do this? Looks to everybody and says, what the heck, guys? And then looks to Emily and says, you did this? (laughs) And she's so mad, she forgets her torch. She forgot her torch. Yes. Because she was so upset. Because, you know, we like Kelly. Mm -hmm. This is sad. But this is what we want to watch. Mm-hmm. That real emotion. She right. cared so much and was so blindsided. Yeah. That she is, she's pissed. Right. And she says something like, I still love you guys, but I'm just like. Yeah, I'm just so in shock right yes. now. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, that's understandable. Let us see those emotions. I hate when people just like have this like pre-rehearsed thing that they knew they were going to say when I got voted off. Yeah. When it goes immediately, they're completely blindsided and it goes immediately to. Well, I love you guys. Good luck. You guys are right. killing it out here. Like, nobody wants to see that. And now really. we're we're in a new part of the game where everybody kisses up to the person right as they're about to leave. It's like whenever your server comes up to you and they're giving you the check that you're about to write the tip amount on. And they've been like neglecting you your whole meal. But then they're like, anyways, can I get you anything? It looks like you need a refill. Did you guys want a box? Anything else? Dessert? Like sweetening it up. Mm-hmm. That's like what all these people are doing to Kelly right as she's leaving. Everybody wants to give her a hug. Everybody's like, I'm sorry. We love you. They're just tooting her horn. They're tooting her <laughs> horn. It was sad because she, like Caleb, is one of the better 
yep. players this season. Right. So it's sad to see her go, but honestly, it's worth it for the the tribal drama. Uh huh. It is. You know, it's it's what the show's all about. So not really that sad because right. it's such a great final tribal council. I agree. As she's walking out, Bruce says to her, "Love you, kid," as if he's like a hero who's been mentoring a teenager. <laughs> yeah. You know. What he did say, he said right after that, he said, we'll talk soon. Yeah. And all I could think of was, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Bruce. You're going to Ponderosa in a Maybe few days tomorrow, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but let's get to our voting stats. Okay. For our voting stats for week eight, Bruce with one vote, D one vote, Drew two votes, Emily one votes, Jake three votes julie two so jake now has the most votes at three here we go and he got them all in this episode we only have two advantages left in the game by the way um a hidden immunity idol from bruce and a safety without power from drew it's not true really austin has a hidden immunity idol oh there we go because they voted out kelly an advantage amulet which is now a full-fledged hidden immunity idol get out Kelly went home with the other amulet. This is incredible. Of course, Austin was down for that. So Austin now has two hidden immunity idols. I'm so happy for Austin. I hope we get a talking head from him being like the villainous laugh. Like I got my revenge. His this is looking great revenge. for his. Yes, this is he looking real good for his resume. Oh, definitely. I saw an interesting stat over the weekend. Mm-hmm. It was about people's growth update on Instagram. So, like, how many more followers they've gained from okay. the season. Okay. The contestants. Yes. So, I'm sure you can guess the first, the, the top person who's gained the most followers. Gotta be Caleb. Yep. Mm-hmm. And who would you think the second was? Drew. No. Austin. No. Kelly? Yes. Uh, I, I actually shocked. could see that. Well, why not Emily? It seems like Emily seems to be the hero of the season. I uh, I thought Kelly has some funny some funny moments. She did. This was a fantastic episode for too yeah. little too late, but too little too late. <laughs> Rip. Let's get to the best move and worst move. I've got worst move. Go ahead. Got to be Bruce, which this is a little bit ironic because he saves himself with the the immunity idol, but Bruce is absolutely his his lack of awareness about the numbers and where the alliances lie. He's digging himself deeper and deeper into a hole. Right. Like he's he's just willingly allowed his alliance members to get voted off time yeah. and time again. Seriously. And and sometimes targeted them with Caleb. And now he's in a spot where all that's left is him, Jake, and Kendra. But Kendra hates him. Right. And Keturah's moved to the other side. Yep. The Bruce is uh, basically alone out here, mm-hmm. and he he's not going to have that immunity necklace to save him yeah. every time. So his time is ticking, and and his only chance to get to the end is to be so disliked, so hated that people start just dragging him along. Right, but then you have to have like some sort of proof that. You were trying to be hated all along and that it was all a strategic gameplay. All a ploy. Yeah, yeah. All a ploy. Yes. Which it's not. It's, right. That's who he is. Well, my best move is interesting because you actually touched on it earlier about D, but I just didn't, I wasn't convinced that D did this, but I was convinced that Kendra did this. Mm. 
I thought it was really smart that Kendra, the first item that came out at the auction, she bought it and used all of her money. Later in her talking head, she says, yeah, it was special because the beer with my dad, but really, if that was a bowl of worms, I still would have bought it for all my money because I'm not losing my vote. And this is what I admire about certain players on Survivor, when they can look past the hunger, the weather, and the tiredness and the exhaustion, because those things are temporary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I admire that she could look past whatever the reward was just going to be and just get rid of that money so she didn't risk losing her vote at all because she knows the most important thing in this game is her vote. Definitely. I thought it was a a good move as well. Let's go on to our mailbag, shall we? Mags' question was, loved ones visit versus the survivor auction, which is your favorite and why? And then the more important question that I asked was, Bruce, love him or hate him? Or do you love to hate him? Or, yes, <laughs> do you love to hate him? We got some good uh, answers. Unfortunately, more answers came through for Mags's question yes. than for my question. Quinn from California, who answered both questions. First, he answers your question. He says, I personally would want to see the loved ones visit over the auction. The loved one visit is one of the greatest things Jeff can say after, do you want to know what you're playing for? Not only does it make for an intense challenge, but you get to see another side of most players, not just their cutthroat survivor image they have to put on most of the time to survive. So true. He then answers my question about Bruce. He says, ah, Bruce, where do I even start? I love to hate him. The (laughs) drama he creates in camp is money for the viewers. Personally, I don't think I could take a metaphorical knee to him like Caleb. Props to the Canadian Batman. He really grinds my gears, but I hope Kelly stays on for a long time to keep Bruce on so I can keep popping the popcorn and enjoying every word that comes out of his all-knowing, smug little face. (laughs) Thank you, Quinn from California. Well-worded. Well-worded. I feel like my reading didn't even do that justice. Next, we have Micah in Belgium. says... I don't think the real question should be family versus auction. I think the question should be an auctioned family visit. Just imagine the drama when Bruce Bruce sees his wife walk out only to have her go on a loved one's reward with Keturah, who outbid him. Should have read this beforehand. I can't get through it. Or the moment when Kendra excitedly bids and wins a mystery loved one only to find out she now gets to spend the afternoon with Jake's grandma (laughs) instead of her loved one. I also think making the contestants choose between getting food and seeing family would be fun, especially if the family members are right there in front of them (laughs) holding the food. Get this guy on the Survivor team right now. I need to see this. Does Bruce really want to check his son by asking if he knows (laughs) Okay, I gotta start over. Does Bruce really want to check his son by asking if he knows he's holding a chicken leg? Or does Bruce want to eat a chicken leg and tell his son to go home? Make the contestants decide between the one thing they can't stop thinking about, food, and the one thing they always say they are playing for, family. I love this idea so much. Thank you, Micah. Daisy in Utah says, Oh man, hard to say, but I think I like the auction more. 
Loved one visit always makes me cry, and then it makes me cry even more when the half of them have to leave without actually being with their loved one. The auction is just a good time for everyone, except for the person who spends all their money on a cow tongue. (laughs) Also, hate is a strong word, but I am ready to see Bruce leave and never come back. (laughs) Thank you, Daisy. Kate in Iowa says, I am all for the auction, especially now that the season is less days. 26 days away from your family just isn't long enough to get the emotional response we need to get a good loved one's visit. Thank you, Kate. Good point on that. I'm not sure. I'm sure with all the trauma that they go through, in the even in the shortened amount, they would really have some emotional moments with their families and with their loved ones, but it won't be as dramatic for the loved ones. I was just going to say that. What's the new question of the week this week? I want to know, do people agree with Jake? Are people playing hard enough and voting well enough? That's a good question of the week. As always, you can email your answers to themergefeastpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on our social medias and message us there. We're on Twitter at themergefeast, or you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at the Merge Feast Pod. So far, this season is really turning around. It started off pretty lame, I'm not going to lie. And honestly, it's just ramping up, and I hope this is just the start of it. Yeah, we've had a couple of really fun, exciting episodes in a row. Yeah, two or three here that have, that have been great. And I'm... Jake says it as he sees that people have started to vote, when people are voting for Kelly, right? Just reading these votes for Kelly, Jake says, oh, dang, people are playing Survivor. And he's 100% right. right. It feels like people are finally waking up. You got to be counting votes. You got to be making contingency plans. And, and people are doing that. And that's what I love to watch. I'm excited for next week's episode. Yeah. I will link in the show notes, Instagram post for screenshots of things we referred to in our episode. Can't wait to see it. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week.